Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Limitless Broadcasting Network. Let's be cops. People actually think we're cops. (laughs) Please freeze! Oh, that was awesome. Oh, wow, what do we have here? Today's a training day, Officer Hoyt. Good chance to give you a little taste of reality. You think you can handle it? I will do anything you want me to do. Will you? We'll see. They build jails because of me. Judges have handed out over 15,000 man years of incarceration time based on my investigation. You got today and today only to show me who and what you're made of. You hear me? You go first. I'm really too old. No, you go first. I'll kill you. You know what the difference is between you and me? make this look good. Let's get in character. I'm so interested in big man's wife. Well, he's going into town of Florida, and he asked me if I take care of the wife. He's going, take care of him? No, man. Just make sure it's a good time. Make sure she don't get lonely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Partner Complex. I'm your host, Robbie. And Marvin, this podcast is basically going to delve deep into the concept of interracial partnerships, not those kind of partnerships, but like professional partnerships and buddy stuff in the world of cinema. Absolutely. Um, now, I let you pick the movie. Okay. A couple choices. Yes, you did. And I'll do that again for the following week. Yes. This week, tell them what you picked. So this week I picked Lethal Weapon, the Lethal Weapon 1. All right, so the first Lethal Weapon... Uh, starring Danny Glover and Mel Gibson, nineteen eighty seven. Nineteen Yes, and Gary Busey as well, and Tom Acklin, Acklins, I should say. He he was uh, in Halloween three, but he was such. We'll get in. We'll get in. He was such a disposable character in this. But it was for all you horror fans out there. We have to mention him because he was in Halloween three. So, I mean, it was. I would say I can see where this movie would have catapulted, you know, Mel Gibson into that kind of era being a top tier movie star. Was this his first movie? No. No. Okay. But it was his first star. I believe it was his first starring role. Okay. Okay. Um, and I can definitely see where where that kind of guy at that type of time kind of worked out. Do you want to kind of get into the movie a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, well, do you want to talk about like director writers oh, all, I all that spill it. so this is directed by richard dorner mm-hmm. and the writers are shane black 
and Jeffrey Dome. Now you can tell that there's a different team than who will continue with it because yes. those some of the names you're naming do not come back for the subsequent sequels. Right. It, again, we said this. It's starring Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Gary Busey, and Tom Acklin. So, uh, do you got the gross there? Uh, yeah. Uh, give me a sec. <laughs> uh, cinematographer Stuart Bird. Uh, release date, March 6th, 1987. Now, that goes into my first note, which is, I thought it was weird when I found out when it came out, because my first thoughts as soon as I booted it up was, oh, God, it's a Christmas movie. Well, it starts off that way. Yes, I was it like, starts off that way. Uh, budget for production was $15 million. Which is a lot for 1987. Oh, absolutely. Running time is 109 minutes, but the director's cut, it's 117 minutes. This was shot... What do you think they cut out? What they added. Oh, you said director's cut's longer? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. 117 so minutes. What do you think they cut out for the theater? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know what I would have liked more? I would have liked... I hope, I hope it's scenes that go deeper into the him about the relationship he had with his wife before she passed. I was going to say that. Because it's like, you see this man who's obviously suicidal, you see the picture, but yeah. that entire backstory is summed up in one throwaway exposition dump by, I guess, the precinct psychiatrist. Right. And I'm like, that's that's all they're going to give us? That's Well, when, when he's on the building and the guy's like, oh, I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump. We'll get there, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. We're, we're, we're move, moving too fast. Get through the vegetables we can so, talk about. So... Aspect ratio is 1.85. Okay, I think you're going deep into the weeds here. Um, camera, pan, this was shot on a camera, uh, Panavision Panflex Gold, Panavision Super Speed uh, Z Series, MK2 lens. Keep that in mind when they start fighting under a spotlight in the water. And then filming location is Los Angeles, California. This would have been shot in Toronto if this was shot today. Yeah, definitely. Um, this was nominated for one Oscar. It has seven wins and two nom nom nominations total. Did it say what categories? No, it didn't. I looked, but... It's probably something weird. It's and probably. this movie has a 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Opening weekend. How much do you think this scored on opening weekend? The total. What'd you say, gross overall? I didn't say gross yet, but opening weekend, how much do you think they got? Uh, man, 1987, March. I, I know they're competing against fire. I know this didn't come out by itself in a vacuum. So, uh... 38 million. That's not even close, <laughs> but that's a good guess. Uh, they got $7 million on opening weekend, uh -huh. and then gross is $65,270,121. Wait, say that number again? 65 million. There we go. There we go. <laughs> 65 million, 207, 127 dollars. All right, fair enough. I mean, I guess I was far and away. I guess I'm you put you put so many commas in. It's just a lot of a lot of numbers. Um, I mean, it makes sense for the time. Seven million, I guess, is a reasonable opening. Enough, and, and, and I guess sixty-two million will get you three sequels. So yeah, yeah. I'm assuming you want to carry this on. Do you want to do part one and two and three? I mean, not uh, in, a, in row, a row, but but it'll get no, not in a row, but it'll get done down the line. Okay. Um. So. Overall, what did you think of the opening of the movie? I I immediately rolled my eyes as soon as the as soon as the Christmas music started playing. I was like, oh, this is gonna be. 
Because I another, never, another Die Hard, right? I had never seen this movie prior to this. The only thing I had known about, I knew, I knew about Lethal Weapon because I'd seen Part Four. Everything else was through osmosis. So this, I was going in fresh eyes, no opinion of anything except for what I know through pop culture. You know about, you know, I'm getting too old for this spit and all that nonsense. Like, right. Um, but I, I mean, I, it was it was solid. It was it was definitely of its time. There's definitely uh, a lot of things in there that definitely tell. You can definitely tell that it is of its time and it's made for this particular genre. It, it is a it is a moment in time uh, with the with the the, the f bombs being dropped and not those f bombs but the other f bombs being dropped. Yes. Uh, everybody smoking is yes. a big plot point that everybody smokes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, besides, besides Danny Glover in the movie, he was like, no, no, and he was like, when. Uh, uh, Mel Gibson goes to light up a cigarette in his car. He's like, are you going to be smoking in my car? And he was and, like, I was. And he was like, no. It's- but, but I like how the only guy who doesn't smoke is Danny Glover. He has explained, because I eat healthy and I work out. Yeah, exactly. But everybody who's a regular person smokes. Everybody right, smokes. right, absolutely. Um, okay, so I think we can get into it a little bit. So yeah. So we, we open up on uh, opening shot of Los Angeles. Uh, it's nighttime, Christmas music playing. Yep. Shows a, a young woman, you know, titty out. I put in here. She's crazy. gonna jump off the ledge. I put in here. It's crazy. Um, uh, eight nipples in the first six minutes of this movie. Yeah. May they be male or female. So many nipples, so fast. Well, that's a genre piece right there. I mean, back in the day, they wanted that attracted more people to the theater in the studio's eyes but uh, more tits the better she does uh a substance off a table gets on top of the ledge and jumps to her demise right um i put maybe 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 movies have numbed me but i feel like you would be greatly injured i don't know if you would die from that landing on that car i think she would she'd be toast i don't know i mean the way she landed she didn't land on a tank I mean, she landed on a car, but it was still pretty, like, she's jumping for the top floor. I guess you're right. Maybe. Um, So that goes through. uh, We cut to Danny Glover laying in a tub. Mo nipples. Yeah. Um, And then his family rushes in. Right. And I'm I'm just like, that's super weird. My thing is, I've never in my life woken up early enough for a job that I've had time to take a bath. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that is mad time. He looked super comfortable yeah um i wanted to point this out okay so so he um in this in this situation they are celebrating his 50th birthday yes do you know how old danny glover was in that scene he was 48 41 41 i should say so he is so he is he is 41 playing 50 and he looks 62 yep he looks old as shit that's just of the time everybody looked that old Guys were getting dressed into the NBA in 1987. They were like 19, and they looked 40. Yeah. That's just the way I looked back then. Yeah. Um, so that just caught me off guard, but that was hilarious. Um, I thought it was weird about the, the age they played Mel Gibson. I couldn't tell if they were playing him young or old. I felt like they were playing him younger. But then he kept throwing out stuff like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah I, was I was in the, the war. war. I was in and, Vietnam, oh, I, all I, I that. Dealt, I dealt with these guys in 69. Okay, so it's 87 mm. now. You dealt with them in 69. So if minimum you were like 19, 20, like, it was so much math I had to do. Right, right. And, and then it made it, that's what made it so weird when the, when the daughter was like, oh, who's this obviously 40-year-old guy? Exactly. I'm into this. I'm like, that's so weird because he's supposed to be older. Right. 
So I, I was it right. just confused me. Um, last thing also, did you catch what was being said on the radio when Danny Glover pulls up? What was being said on the intercom? No, I miss it. There, there's reports of a drunken white female, five feet tall, 350 pounds, dancing and singing naked Is that in a different part of town. Okay. And I was like, that's the movie I really wanted to see. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, but go ahead. Your, your thoughts on the first five minutes of the movie going in there. Um, the first five minutes, you can definitely tell it's like we've said, it's dated for that time. Um, Mel Gibson is definitely suicidal. I mean, you could tell by the actions and way he is. Um, they kind of compared the two together. Mel Gibson's life is falling apart. Danny Glover has the wife, the kids, everything. So that's why they wanted to pair these guys together. In my opinion is, well, Danny Glover really didn't want a partner. He was getting ready to retire, but. Did he say that? Yeah. Like that's in the previews. I don't remember him saying it in that, the movie. The, the, he was getting ready to retire and then he, they said that he wished he would have. I don't remember saying it in the movie. I remember, I know that he said for record uh, three times, uh, I'm getting too old for this shit. Absolutely. He did say that three times, but I don't remember him saying retirement. Yeah. So, yeah, we should go back and look at that. But, yeah. But but my thing is that everybody in this movie was in the war. Everybody, everybody was. Everybody, everybody was. Children, everybody. The kids that saw the little guy's house blow up, they was in the war, too. Everybody was in the war. Yep. <laughs> uh, um, um, okay, so... Uh, I want to put uh, that sax though. Do you think it was either a a conscious decision to have underlying rock and roll bass and this saxophone opposite of it to show a clash of the personality of these two guys? Yes. Or was it just yes. terrible, terrible music composition? I, I feel like they were trying to do that to show the difference between the two cops I and why they needed each other. Uh, I think you're giving it too much credit. <laughs> I think somebody said, yo, man, I heard this new thing the other day or called Or a budget jazz. thing? Said, I heard this new thing called jazz. And he's like, well, I want to be rock and roll. Oh, you got your chocolate in my peanut butter. No, you got your peanut butter in my chocolate. Well, let's put all of all that together, right? Um, last thing I'll say about the first 10 minutes and we're leading in before, because I want to kind of get into when they finally come on screen together. Right, right. But, um, there's this, there's like a little monologue that, that I guess somebody who works at the precinct gives to Danny Glover before he meets Mel Gibson about like, yeah, man, and these guys in the 80s, they're all soft and they talk about their feelings. You know, I cried the other day. You know, I think I'm, I'm a man in the 80s. I cried. They tell women their feelings and stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, every generation thinks the next generation, generation is soft, soft as shit. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I can only imagine what, what those guys would think of this generation today. Oh, my God. They would, so, they would uh, find it. So erroneous. So, so it's just funny that a guy who's probably in his thirties in nineteen eighty seven is like, Oh man, these men of the eighties are terrible. <laughs> are terrible, yeah, exactly. So yeah. Do you so when they're when they finally meet on screen, yeah. so he's like, gun, and he's like, Oh, bridge, what well, meet meet your new partner. And I he thought, flips him over. I thought that like, was the best the best the most the greatest representative of reverse racism I've ever seen. I can see that. Because he said, oh man, that to show a white dude with that weird looking mullet, he's got a gun, he must be a burp. Exactly. No, absolutely. But, um, so they meet up, 
They talk. They bond over guns. Yes. Um, what I, I think it's funny when they are walking out. They're talking about oh, what you what do you hold? What is he holding? Uh, he has a nine millimeter. Uh, Murtaugh has a nine millimeter Beretta, and uh, Briggs has a, I think a revolver. Yeah, six shooter. Yeah. Um, the crazy part about it is that I because he, because he keeps referring to him as old timer. Right. But but like chronologically they can't be more than eight to ten years of difference like as far as like story goes right even around doing like a 10 year age difference right i couldn't catch why they were playing murtaugh so much older and and briggs so much younger it it, it really messed me up like that whole thing messed me up. The dynamic of the relationship messed you up. Because so. they had a guy who, they had basically, they casted a guy too young to be old and too old to be young. Right, and right. And then pitted him like there's like a 20 year age gap. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. How long was the goddamn Vietnam War? If everybody right. was in that shit. Right. So. But I think their dynamic finally ended up working out by the end of the movie. Yeah, well, well okay. I'll tell you my first, first of all, I thought their dynamic started working out. So um, on their first little Bit of inf- bit of things that they're doing. They get to the building where there's a jumper. Right. Uh, Let's get to the jumping scene, which I thought was definitely going to have more aspect of what the fuck was going on in the main story. It really, it probably could have been cut. But so the guy that was jumping, do you know where else he was? What other TV shows he was on? I know his ADR was terrible. But go ahead. He was in Scrubs. Who was he in Scrubs? He was the attorney in Scrubs. Shut your mouth. I'm dead serious. You damn, damn liar. I'm dead serious. We just ended up rewatching that, and that's the attorney in Scrubs. I'd have to take another he, look. He, I think his voice is fucking annoying. But I, I think it was just, it was just I, I, I can tell that the ADR was bad because he would be saying some things and his mouth wouldn't move, and I'm like, right. oh, this is horrible. And then right. the way he had, the voice was terrible. Right. Um, My only argument is that I, I saw the guy look down. How did he not know there was a blow up thing down there? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Murtaugh, I mean, Briggs saw it, obviously. He knew what yeah. was going on. But I know that jumper saw it. And then I wish you got more into like why he's jumping because it felt like just a vehicle to go, we're going to take this one moment and show that, that Rick Briggs is willing to die, but not really because he knew there was a giant crash pad. And we're going to have Danny Glover yell at him and threaten to let him shoot himself with the gun. Right. And I was like, wow, this went from zero to 60 Real fast. super fast, especially because there was a crash pad the entire time. Right, right. It's not like he was, he didn't know he was jumping on a crash pad. He wasn't so just I, yes. jumping off. So I felt like, I felt like Murtaugh was reacting to how we should be reacting because we weren't showing the crash pad to the last moment. Right. But I felt like anybody else would be like, oh, there's a crash pad. Okay, let him jump. And then they jump and it's fine. Right. Like, why'd you have to crash pad if you weren't going to jump? Right. So it was. It Absolutely. Was, and then the whole thing about the gun. What did you think about that? Um, he put it. He was like, oh, I carry a bullet with me. It's. Uh, oh, and it, and, okay. I blinked. What did it say on the back of the bullet? I don't know. It said when he was, because they did a nice plug for the W uh, Warner Brothers. They had um, the, the manufacturer. Car- they had the cartoons playing on the TV. And while he's sitting there gonna eat the bullet, uh-huh. he pulls out, he has the bullet, and he shows the back of the bullet, and the bullet has something written on it. I didn't catch that. So if you guys know what's on the back of the bullet, let us know. But yeah, I didn't catch that, all that. Um, the only other thing that got me giggling was, okay, so 
the jump happens. They're in the empty location arguing. Um, for some reason, breaks out the movie is always hungry. That's just his thing. Yeah, he's the whole movie. Um, mm. When they get done with the jumping thing, and Danny Glover's having this conversation on the bridge, and he's just holding a car battery with his cell phone. Now, I understand it. it's it's, yeah. a, it's a portable phone. Right, but right. But it's like just it, it's one thing we're like, okay, looking at it. Excuse me, going through, back through 2023 eyes. Yeah, damn, that shit look heavy as fuck. Yes, and he had to go to the car. Pull it out and then hold it while he's just standing on this yeah. bridge. Can you imagine doing that as a cop, like in South Central LA, being like, "Oh, I need to make a phone call and, and pull out this big ass, ass thing, this big ass fucking thing, bro." Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "God, oh, Jesus Christ!" Um, I wish they'd have shown the food because of how bad they were saying that Murtaugh's wife is cooking is. Yeah. Um, I thought it was funny. Okay, another we'll go back real quick. Okay. That that in the credits it says introducing and they give the actress's name that plays Murtaugh's daughter. Right. I'm like, oh, introducing, that means she must have went on to do a lot of other things and I am beat her and she's only done these movies. Well, how much money has she made from these movies? I don't know, because she only what she only did in what, 87, 88, I mean 87, 89, 92, and then 96. True. So I mean, I couldn't. I can't imagine she made too much off of the first one anyway. Right? Not probably not too for much. 15 mil, for fifteen million, and uh, yeah, and, and I imagine they had to blow. They blew up a house. They that whole water scene couldn't have been cheap. Yeah. Um. They had a helicopter flying in the desert. She yeah. probably made like twelve grand. Probably. I mean, fifteen million goes, especially when you're making Wait. movies and you're shooting in downtown LA. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Oh yeah. So downtown LA, they will shut off blocks and blocks of roads to shoot. But this man blew up in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard. Yes, yes, that yes. was cash on the table. You're right, right. I'm just saying, but I mean, I, I, I thought it was fine. I'm like, oh, it's just, oh, I mean, she must have won because normally it's like introducing to be this person who's like young, and then it'll be like, oh, they did this and that. No, she just did these four movies and then like one other thing, and then dipped. Basically. Well, maybe she didn't got more money. I, I think she just went like, oh, this kind of sucks. And just stopped. It just was like, I'm didn't, done. Just didn't care about acting. Like, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to go do something else. Do you think they'll actually come out with another lethal weapon? Or is it pretty Not, much done? Uh, after the TV show debacle? No, it's done. I did look up that there was a TV show, but I did not get very good ratings. Uh, did, did you try to watch it at all? No. No? I remember it being advertised. Was uh, it? I think... Mar- one of the Wayans brothers was on it. Damon Wayans was on it, and then I, something ha- one of them quit. One of, the, one of the two leads quit, and they had to replace it, but they only replaced it for like half a season, then just cut it all off. Right, right. Um, I think it was Sean William Scott that, that left. I, I think you're right. And then they tried to replace him like with half the season left, but it's like if you replace... You shouldn't do you even really have lethal weapon at that point? Right. You might as well just been like, oh, let's go re- reshoot this or cancel it right then and <laughs> we there. Can't, we can't reshoot it halfway through the fucking season. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Definitely scary to shoot a show and episode then ha- by episode. Having it fall apart. That oh, w- w- big studios have to have that in their contract. Like if you if we advance, they probably get an advance full of money. And then if they're like, if you drop out of this you're gonna have to pay us back or but something. But there's always clause in there. I mean, I don't think I don't know if he just left left or there was an issue. I don't. I, I, I remember there being a controversy, but I, I think it was I think it was him and Damon Wayans kept like got into a fist fight. Really, I didn't know about that. 
I gotta look. I remember if it, if it was even Sha- if Shawn Scott was even the first lead, it, it might have been a, a different lead. Wow. I'm trying to think if Shawn Scott was the original or the second one who replaced him. But whoever was, um, Damon Wayans fist fought whoever was playing wow. rings because um, it was the director and, and Damon Wayans kept getting into it with this guy, and it just wasn't working. And wow. They ended up just breaking down into just scrapping, and they had to eventually get rid of the guy. Wow. So I don't think it was like, a, oh, I quit. It was like, oh, you should leave. Wow. I did not know about that. I remember that it was very publicized about you know we'll, lethal we'll, weapon lethal weapon we'll leave it like this down the line when we end up doing the sequel we'll have more information on that one. absolutely we're getting off track but, but a little back, bit back so the real first bonding experience uh really comes when they got to go investigate the sugar daddy right don't you think it's funny it was when they always get to the the houses right and they see people like doing any sort of substances they always reach for their guns and shoot first i mean they're always like in, boom in, boom in, boom in, in in their defense it is i'm gonna defend these people okay um two guys they don't know are just on property and instead of just like maybe just showing a badge murtaugh immediately flips open his coat and you just see a gun right so i gotta believe that she was like yo he's got a gun and then that guy came out blasted. Well, I don't blame him for doing it at all. If I had bitches and they just in the crib and they're just cutting up coke. Yeah. And, and, I, yeah. and so I go, yo, man, this guy I don't know has a gun on him. I'm shooting for that questions later. No, I can understand it, but I just found it funny that that type of genre is always like, I'm going to shoot first and ask questions later. Well, a, a dead cop is a good, a dead cop is a good cop, I guess. I'm not saying anything against cops. I'm just right, saying, right. If, if he knows the cop, like, okay, if I kill this cop, then I can go and figure out what I'm going to do. Rather than, I'm not, I don't want to go to jail for this. Right. Some no. people ain't built for that. If you, no, if you were in that house, that, that guy was in, you ain't built for jail. No, I understand. I understand um, about that. Uh. But skip it ahead. There's a lot of ties to the war. It was yes. Murtaugh's ties to the war through the guy who was trying to get a hold of him before his daughter passed. Right, right. Um, it was um, Briggs being the special forces and kind of knowing how they're doing everything. Skipping ahead one second. We can go back one second, right? Okay. What purpose did the videotape of the softcore porn and the yearbook serve at all? Nothing. They just wanted to put it in there to entice people to bump up the ratings. I thought for sure that he was like, number one, when he gets it and he puts it in and it shows like it's showing it and it cuts to him. He has those sick ass glasses on. Right. I laughed out loud. Right. Number Mm -hmm. them Jeffrey Dahmer shits. I was dying. Right. Um, Number two is I thought, oh, we got the yearbook. He's going to look up and go, oh, wait, I recognize that person and go to their house and investigate. Right. He looks it up. He sees the other two girls who all have the same name for some reason. So it just made it more confusing to me why everybody has this fucking last name. Right. And then and then that's it. Like he goes, I think I think that's when he is that before or after the dad is killed by the helicopter guy. That's before. So I think he goes to their house. He goes, what's going on? Like he was like, she wasn't kidnapped for something she was into. When they got to his house, they were like, oh, she was kidnapped for something you're into. So what's going on? I didn't understand where you got that from, from looking at the yearbook and watching the tape. I don't know either. 
And I thought for sure, I'm like, oh, this is, there have been some comedic lines in here that I've kind of like giggled at. Right. I thought for sure his wife's going to go, what the fuck are you watching? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was cool. Um, I thought it was weird. Okay. Now, and this is where I'm lost here. Okay. So, and, um, before the, anybody, anybody in the bad guys camp has ever seen Riggs or Murtaugh. Uh-huh. They're shooting at him. The the the, da- the daughter says when they're when they're on the boat to the first night of dinner, hey, this guy invited me to the club. You know, he's the blonde head guy, the dude with the dimples, blah blah blah. Uh huh. So we cut forward, and he calls in. Then like, oh, we got a call from your house. You know, there's a guy. We have a body in there. There's a guy in there, and he he has blonde hair and dimples. I'm like, oh, so there's like a teenage kid in the bad guys camp who's blowing this chick away. They get there and it's never mentioned why that was brought up. No, absolutely. That's one of those. No, that was a plot point that never was actually followed through. So I wondered that myself. I was like, like, I know you have to watch Gary Busey. Don't tell me that this. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. If it had been Gary Busey, it had made more sense of why she's so into Mel Gibson. Oh, you're just a creepy ass chick who loves older white dudes. Right, right. right. The fact is like, oh, some guy picked her up from a date. You, 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 they describe the teenager, but you don't see him. Right. When they get to the house, the mom and the kids have no idea, idea what's, what's going, going on. on. But for some reason, she's already crying. He's like, what's wrong? And he's like, nothing. And she's already crying without ever knowing what's going on with her daughter. Right. And then she gets kidnapped like she didn't even know that she was gone in the first place. And then... Riggs and Murtaugh, is, they were like, it's, this is going to get bloody. This is going to get messy. We got to do it my way. And I said, as a dad, that scene got me. Because I was like, because as he was answering, I was answering. Like, he was like, you know, they're going to kill her, right? Yep. You know, it's going to be bloody, right? Yep. <clears throat> you know, you got to do it the way, the way I do. You got to go my way. Yep. You got to shoot. And, and whatever you do, don't miss. All right. Like, I was winning 100%. That's when he was like, are you as good as you say you are? Yeah. Or are you just lying? You got to trust me on that. Um, I still stand by the fact that it being Christmas had nothing to do with this movie at all. No, you're uh, right. Um, especially the fact that I, I, wanna, I hope that I could probably look back and find some archival stuff that maybe this movie was supposed to come out around Christmas. Otherwise, otherwise it being based around Christmas and coming out in March made no goddamn sense. Yeah, maybe production delays or whatnot. But I'll put it that it's more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. Yeah. Um, so why do people always want to go to watch Die Hard and not Lethal Weapon during Christmas time? I think it's one of the things where like they've heard it so much and it gets brought up so much over time. People are like, oh, well, I've heard this my entire life. I guess this is what it is. Right, because so, I think Die Hard gets way more credit than the first with the weapon. I'm not saying it's better or worse. I just think it's way more, you know. No, I agree. And then what was I watching? Um, speaking of which, and this is a side tangent. I had watched it. Um, I, I was looking. No, I, I found it. I was over at this one toy store way on the other side of town, and they had a a giant like a like not giant but like a cabinet Die Hard stand up video game that was kind of like. Wow. And like PS1 graphics. It was kind of like serious. That's pretty cool. I was like, oh, this is kind of baller. Right. Do you have a PS1? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have one now, no. No, oh, okay. I had no PS1 graphics. I was like, this is kind of cool. Do you have any gaming systems? <clears throat> I have a PS4, um, but... You, but you're so busy, I doubt you have time to actually use it. When I get to sit down, I want to unwind and not think about nothing, but I'm not like a huge... I don't... I can't sit down and play a lot of games a whole lot. 
Okay. Because I pied for like the old days. I want to get a GameCube because I miss GameCube games. I like Super Nintendo. I, I did, would... but I don't want to go back. I feel like I'll get PTSD. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like I never, I feel like there's only a handful of games I ever beat for it. Right. As a kid. And right. I know I had, I had a, a, an NES as a kid. Right. I know for a fact I never beat any of those games. Right. I had a, a Wii. I had a, a regular Nintendo, like the first boys that came out. Um, what a Super Nintendo, and then uh, what's the one with the funny like Golden Eye was on there? Uh, N sixty four. Yeah, I, did too. I went regular Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo sixty four, GameCube. Yeah, and then like, I took a, a giant gap because I was like, oh, I'm gonna try to get girls now. Right, and right. Then came back for like Xbox three sixty. Right. Um, but I mean. <clears throat> Uh, I'd get into it. I guess I just I just don't see I just don't see right now dropping five hundred dollars on a PS Five. Right Absolutely. <laughs> so, getting back to the movie, um, what did you think of those kids chanting that this hooker is gonna get taken to jail? I thought that was hilarious. He was like, "Don't I?" When they were like, "Oh, one of the kids saw him," he was like, "Don't tell him," and covering the kid's <laughs> like, mouth. Like, how old are you? And he, like, the other kid says it. Yeah. Like, That's hilarious. I thought um, that part was actually pretty don't funny. Tell me the Alfred. 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 Exactly. <laughs> it's the little lines that get me in movies. Like, yeah. Like the, all the is it's the because I'm a big guy on ADR. Yeah. Right. And it's the thing that people leave in. So for example, like before we get back to this, but I said man, another line where in New Jack City, there's an ADR line in there where like Ice Cube has um, Wesley Snipes on the ground. And he's gonna shoot him, and it's broad daylight. The whole neighborhood's watching. He's like, "I want to shoot you so bad, my dick's hard." And then, and then it's the, the it, it shows a shot of Wesley Snipes, then cuts back to Ice T, and then you just hear a guy in the crowd like, "Give me the gun, I'll shoot him." And I'm like, "Why the fuck was that left in?" <laughs> um, so this was also where like the the you got, you kids like ice cream, yeah, ice cream, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the kids is saying this off screen. Hey, can we get some ice cream for my cousin? My cousin loves ice cream. I'm like, why are they leaving this stuff in? <laughs> because it's it's fun. It's a good attention grabber for people like you and I. That I bet the average is a weirdo like that. I bet the average person doesn't even notice it. But you and I are trained to tear movies apart and figure out, oh, how's this lit? How's this shot? What about the ADR? All that. I mean, Sammy hates watching movies with me because I'm just like. How do you think that was done? And let's let's rewind it and like, oh, okay, this is how well, that's well, done. I feel the same way. Whenever I watch a TV show, like she'll watch her procedural cop dramas or the doctor shows, I'm like, oh yeah, that person's gonna die. Why? Well, there's two patients who came in and one's a ten year old kid. Who is not gonna make it? Right. So I was gonna be the coke addict lady, obviously. I I do that with Sammy all the time. I'm just like, this person's gonna die or this person's not gonna make it. And she's like, how do you know that? And I was like, I should be writing this. Um, but yeah, so, um. How do you feel about the kid wearing 3D glasses? I thought that was hilarious. Do you think kids really did that like back in the day? I don't know. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, to make themselves feel like hip and cool. Nah, I think that's why like so many kids grew up having to wear fucking regular glasses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like if you if you were ten years old running around wearing three D glasses, you're probably got the thickest bifocals in the world at this point. Probably, probably. Um, like, you, like fuck that. Uh, what did you think of uh, Joshua, Mr. Joshua, Gary Busey's character? Um, I think, I think he was great. I think there was too many bad guys. Yeah. Like for example, okay, so when when the when the real sweaty guy 
with a lighter goes into the club in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Is he? He's not talking to the 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 other blonde guy that blows up in the car in the middle of the in the middle of the street, right? No. Who's that guy? I have no idea. He's like, they'll do anything for me. They listen to me, and I'm like, okay, this guy's gonna be serious. I feel like you never, never see seen that guy, the guy again. again. No, you don't. And then, and then I thought it was, uh, the only character that was foreshadowed was like Edon when they're like, oh, have Edon take a look at that. Then later you see who Edon is, and he's a torture guy. And I'm like, okay, the one character that they did any kind of foreshadowing for, and he's basically a glorified henchman. That's ridiculous. Right. So um, they didn't do a lot of whole character development besides Riggs and Murdoch. I thought that it should have just been, it should have just been Gary Busey's character, Mr. Joshua. Um, I don't even remember where the other blonde guy who was his boss comes into play because he wasn't the dude who 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 had the lighter, like right, the one who no. the one who put his arm. He wasn't that guy. No, he wasn't. So I don't. Even, so I don't even think he was even brought in until the helicopter sequence. Right after that, they brought him in, and then we see him after they t- uh, after the helicopter sequence. They kill Tom, the guy from Halloween, and then they bring in new people that are connected to. The, the the heroin and all that. Uh, what do you call them? The Death Rangers, what do they call them? Right. Uh, so I thought that was weird. I was like, I'm like, there's a lot of nondescript white guys that just come in and out of this thing. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Um, I'll say, maybe this is, maybe it's, 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 it's the, the, the mean guy, the terrible bloodlust person in me. Yeah. But like something about me going like watching this movie and then being like, like I feel like now it's like, oh, you're a good guy. You got to bring him into justice. They're like, no. People gotta die, yes. <laughs> and they they attended up to bringing nobody to justice. No, everybody um, was getting shot, no matter um, who you are or what you're doing. Okay, so um, we're just jumping ahead towards, towards the end, right? Quick, um, when did okay? So after the bad guys, they do the the, the meet up in the desert, and the he's plan holding the grenade. Work. He's holding the grenade. He gets shot. The plan doesn't work. Right. Um, number one. They probably should have established how old the daughter was and does she have a driver's license. I feel like that added stakes to the scene. Yeah. Number two, I don't quite get what the helicopter was doing. Were they aiming her for a pothole or was it just like, oh, we sure to get lucky that when the, when, the, when the helicopter moved out of the way, the car hit a pothole and the tire blew. Because the car stopped. Yeah, like... I feel like back in that day, they could have been like, oh, we just got lucky with the pothole. But it seemed like, it seemed like it was like... Like I don't know, it was just it was just weird. And then she was together, kind of like, I'm a, and just hits, smash, right on her face. Um, yeah. When it, when when uh, so Murtaugh's tougher than her, I mean, it's like Briggs is tougher than everybody. Um, they cussed this entire movie, but for some reason, when they were like, "Tell us what you know, Murtaugh," he's like, "Uh, go go spit." And I'm like, and "Did I did I click the edited version by mistake?" Yeah. Why right. did I tell this guy to go fuck his mother? I'm not saying what's going on. Here. Right. Right. No, I agree. Uh, um, I agree. So that um so like when uh, coming out of that when when everything breaks down and 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 Briggs kills everybody just goes full Rambo right um when they're running down the street um when did Riggs get shoes when he chokes out Edon he does not have shoes on when he's running down Hollywood Boulevard he has shoes I think when he kneeled knelt down he was he had Riggs asked him if he was okay and he was like go go to the bridge I think he was kneeling down and he put shoes on. Okay, so where'd he get the shoes? Uh, I think he, I think he got it from one of the the people he um, shot. I've been to L.A. quite a few times, but you you probably more more well versed in the area. Um, 
There's no way he'd have caught back up to that car. No right? way. Okay. No I'm way. Just making sure. He's like, that car's going to have that car doing at least 50 minimum. Yeah. And he's like, yo, man, cut him off on foot at Third Street. And he's like, and I'm sitting like, there's the no pre- way. There's no, even if. And, it, you would have to be the Flash to do that. Even if, I'll say, even if it was a straight line and Briggs was coming, there's no way. No. It would have never. No. It would have never even been close. Um, I didn't understand what the taxi driver was doing. If True. you remember when he's like, hey, and the tech driver like is like mad at him and then when he, and then you see this guy with a gun, this guy who's disheveled, mm-hmm. bleeding, with a fully automatic rifle. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the cab guy was like, gets up like, hey, I'm like, what the fuck were you gonna do? Yeah, like, exactly. You don't even have an automatic weapon yourself. You're just <laughs> You don't asking. got nothing you about to get this man a head like, hey man, you stop my my you stop traffic, I'm gonna give you these like what the fuck are you gonna do? You're gonna get got yourself. Um so I just just caught me off guard. Um, how easy it was to go, hey, I'm a cop, and just walk through fucking crime scenes. <laughs> Fairly easy. No, like, nobody just nobody's like, oh, let me see your badge. Let me let me, let me call number. let me call it in. Like, hey, I'm a cop too, and it's just walking my like, bro. This nigga ain't got no shoes on. He got a, a raggedy tank top. Right, exactly. Ooh, what what the fuck is going on here? Um, that's crazy. Yeah. And then my last thing was, uh, and we can jump back and move. You want to talk about certain things? Um. There's no in-universe or realistic reason why 30 cops would have stood there and, and let, let... Yes. Yes. And let that the whole fight thing happen. <laughs> I'm just like, this is not realistic. Oh, he's like, I'll take full responsibility. And they were like, like, oh. Like, like, oh, we're all losing our badges for this. Like, Absolutely. Like, like we're the, violating like, his civil rights and like, everything. Like the, like the moment... Even if... Like, okay, so without Gary Busey getting shot, he'd have walked. He'd have fucking walked. Absolutely. He'd have, like, hey, so, Your Honor, obviously these 30 cops beat me yeah, like Rodney King. Exactly. Nobody read me my Mirandas or nothing. Nothing. He'd walk. He'd be, he'd be, I'd have been like, hey, man, what you, all right, I'm down. And I don't let him take me because I'm like, yo, they could have got a guy fresh out of law school would have got him off. Either. Yeah. So I caught that. That was just weird to me. I don't. I know that they did the whole uh, torture thing and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's the one who shot him through the window. Mm-hmm. But um, number one, I thought it was super weird when when they didn't know each other beforehand. Right. But but uh, Gary Bruce character kept calling Riggs by his name. I feel like it, in real life it had been like, oh yeah, that cop. Like he wouldn't have kept being like, right, Riggs right. Is here. Like and plus, pow, there's a gun. Riggs is here. Not anybody else from the police force. Nobody else would have been called in. Just like, him. Like, 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 like the Lone Ranger. Like, Just him. Like, oh, there's another guy here? It must be Riggs because, like the audience, I know that these guys hang around all the time. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> no, I agree. So there's a lot I of agree. Really weird choices made. I agree. But I... I bringing back up the fight i agree with that that he would have just walked he don't walk like he kept saying uh, not Riggs, but murtaugh was like oh i'm in charge i'm in charge until the captain gets here and even on the loud uh even on the intercom or the cops intercom they were like he's in charge he whatever he's, they made a point of saying that it was weird because for a guy who doesn't get to choose whether he has a partner or not and you rarely ever see a superior, except I think the guy who was at the fire truck with the kids was his superior, I think. I think so, too. Like, that was like, I got this. And everybody's like, okay. And uh, I'm yeah. Like, 
I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck you mean? You got this. The and fuck? they're just going to let these people fight because my sergeant or lieutenant was like, yep, I got this. I'll take full responsibility of this. So, I remember him saying that. And I was like, yeah, because this will be the last thing you do oh, as a police done. officer. They're gonna you're hang, done. They're going to hang you to dry. Like, that's you, it. You're like, not going to get a promotion. You're not going to pass go. You're not going to collect $200. You're going to go watch your retirement. Fucked. You're going to get a foot in your ass. But all right, whatever. You should have retired before this whole thing. I'm like, they're lucky it wasn't. There weren't, there weren't freaking uh, police Bo- cams. Yeah, body cams body now. Cams up. Like, that's crazy. Um, I like towards the end how they started kind of forming like a brotherhood. Because I feel like Briggs helped Murtoff not wanted uh, Murtaugh helped Riggs not want to be suicidal anymore I didn't understand how I think including him in his family you think I think so inviting him over giving him you, you me that, that corny ass rap saved his life that yeah yeah <laughs> you know how it was you know how it is but yeah I think that's what he was missing his wife just died he had no family. Well, we didn't know if she just died. We don't know how long ago she died. Well, they we, were married for ten years by the exposition dump that the, that the psychiatrist who served no purpose in this movie. I don't know. Just to give backstory about just to give that backstory and to say, yeah, he's crazy. While she while Myrtle talks to this big ass battery phone, um, I don't know who she knew. Right. I don't know who owed her something. I don't know if she had a studio deal. And to say it like that, I say if this is a male person, I say it's two. I don't know who she was blowing, but for some reason she had these two scenes in this movie that could have easily been done any other way. I think she's actually in the next one too. I think she stays through the I, I, through I the show. She, then I hope she does because otherwise, like she really like like I feel like I feel like anybody could have said that line who was already on payroll, and then and then the little mm. scene with on the bridge where where he's like he's suicidal. Yeah, he is suicidal. And then that was the end of the fucking phone conversation. And she was like, you don't want to be around when he pops. And he's like, oh, yeah. But yeah, like I, he gave the bullet back to him. Riggs gave it to Murtaugh at the end of the movie. And he, the daughter is like, it's a bullet. And he was like, yeah, I won't be needing this. So I think him including him in his family, giving him a place to go, you know, saving him, all that gave him a real brotherhood. I hope they dig deeper because I've never seen part two. So I hope they dig deeper into the wife stuff. Yeah, me too. I felt like it was like I think they do. I've seen number four a long time ago. I thought like when it first first came. And I think Chris Rock joins. Chris Rock joins. I think Chris Rock marries the daughter. I think so too, but I can't one hundred percent say yeah she does because it's been I remember, such I remember a long time. A big time. part of the trailer was the fact like, hey, this is a comedy for the whole family, and showing like they're doing the whole basically years before they did it, they did the whole bad boys thing where it's like, oh, you want to go, you want to marry her, you got to deal with us, right? Right. And I'm like, Daddy Glover, you're 106 years old. Get the fuck out of my face. So, do you think they were trying to be the original bad boys? I mean, I think Martin Lawrence and uh, Will Smith. I, I mean, I, I think it's it's a long line of 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 buddy movies that we're gonna go and explore through the course of this podcast. Your Forty Eight Hours and everything else, such as that. I think is that. I think it was nice. I think this was a change of pace to finally it being the black cop being the straight man 
and the white cop being the loose cannon. Yes. Because normally it's the other way around. Yes, so I, I agree with that, too. I thought it was okay. I, th- I liked it, that kind of different character that the black guy was on the straight and narrow and the white guy was like you're saying was the one that you had to really worry about if he was gonna kill somebody or not do do something (laughs) i like the fact that like uh murtaugh was talking to riggs and he was like oh i know you do karate and shit um (laughs) we need to bring you down and uh Get your hands registered as a lethal weapon. And, 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 I, and then you, you did the whole uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Like, he said the thing. He said exactly. The thing. But, I was like, but I was like, oh, it really, it it didn't come into play until the end. We're like, oh, you guys are fighting. Oh, that's a jujitsu move. Okay, cool. He's a lethal weapon. Right, right. Like, I'm kind of mad that the premise is that Mel Gibson is a lethal weapon like that like that kind of annoyed me of it like I, I, I was way cooler with just being an ambiguous term mm-hmm. but the fact is like oh you're referring to the fact that Mel Gibson can do martial arts right the, what what was Mel Gibson's first movie do you know I couldn't tell you I know from researching this movie uh, Gary Busey contributes lethal weapon to saving his uh, failing movie career I could see that I guess and uh, Side note, I didn't actually know Gary Busey had a son, right? And I met him at Spookala. Hmm. Um, What's he do? He's an actor, but he's been in several, like, projects. And I was like, I had no idea that uh, he was Gary Busey's son. They look almost identical. Is it a different surname? No, his last name is Busey. I should have put it together, but I just <laughs> did not. I was just like, oh, this is Gary Busey's son. And I was like, okay, cool. But they look a lot alike. And I guess that's on you, I guess. Do you remember when uh, Gary Busey was on, like, The Celebrity Apprentice? I remember he was on that. I'm trying to think of what other... Uh, I remember he did, he did his... Bring it back. He did his guest spot on Scrubs. That's right. He did... He was on Entourage, too. Oh, I loved Entourage. Oh, me too. Loved it. We'll have to get into that series, too. Okay, so while we're on air... I'm going to give you your next three choices. Okay. Well, oh, before we get there, what did oh, you think of this overall? No, it's your turn. I said it my first. You I, I liked it. It was very entertaining from start to finish. It means it was very dated from, you know, production standpoint. I but thought, Do you think there's a lot more quiet moments than you normally see in a blockbuster today? Yes. Like it definitely, like, like it, it'd be, it'd be, it had technically been labeled damn near a psychological thriller at this point. Yeah. Because of how, like. Not bad, but slower the pacing was. Right. No, he, I like, agree. They gave a lot of time to sit. Yeah, and to think and figure out what's going to come next. And I feel blah, like, blah blah. I feel like in, if this was made today, it, it would be more opened fast up, pace. It, it opened up with lethal weapon. Like it showed the, the trailer, mm-hmm. like it showed the, the the title, and then you'd already seen her on the fucking railing falling off. Like it absolutely, been, it'd been immediate. You would need, especially in today's market, you need you know this. You need to catch that uh, audience's attention in seven seconds or less. Three to like, seven but, seconds. But she was she was bobbing around that room and stuff for like six minutes before she died. I'm right. Like, wow, this is taking forever. When's the bad guy coming in? And then she ends up just offing herself. Well, back in those days, they had that kind of time. Nowadays, you can't. You got to get to you it. You do it. It's just a different type of movie. I, I think it's just this would not be a popcorn blockbuster today this would have i agree this, with this that would, this would have been a, an a, independent this would have been a, a streaming or a streaming like yeah this probably would have been broken down in like six episodes no i agree 
I agree with that 100%. But uh, yeah, overall, I loved it. I was entertained from start to finish. How do you feel? Okay, so we're going to rate this movie. We're going to rate this on the buddy scale. Okay. This is uh, one being, I guess we have to work together, and five being... We're you best know, friends for life. You're yeah, like bromance. Like you're invited. You're, you're 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 the best man in my wedding. I think they're at a three right now because we. I mean, the story is still continued. So three is I let you babysit my kids. Yeah, I okay. mean, yeah. I don't think we've gotten into the story enough to know like what really happens. So I think we're at a three. I think that's solid. I think it's. I think it's. I it's, think towards the end of the the I, shows, I, I, I don't they're think at you, a five. I don't think you needed four movies, but I can see where you go. Oh, I would like to see how this friendship builds. I guess. So why do you think they need five bad boy movies? Money, it's because money it all prints money. Exactly. The, like it's like that, but that, that you're right. You're. I, I feel like the 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 first one and the second one differs so drastically. As right. far as the first bad boys and second bad boys. And then the third one is just like, hey, you do remember the second one? Let's do that. Right. And it's just like a more flashy version of the, the second the, one. Yeah, exactly. And so, that's why we have four lethal weapons is because it, they print but money. Are, but those are but those are like bam, bam. It's like the, the biggest gap between them was like four years between three and uh, three and four. The next, it's, it's, next, it's, lead, or it's, less, it's, it's ne- 87, 89, 92, 96. And they're doing a fifth one now, but like, uh, I don't, I hear Martin Lawrence is not even going to be on it anymore. But that's for another podcast. We're talking about Lethal Weapon. Uh, you have anything else left in your notes, or is that it? No, that's pretty much it. Um, let's see. I think it's on my notes too. Um, okay, so. So what are my next three choices? All right, so listen, so um, we have uh, Men in Black. Okay. Let's be cops. Okay. Or Beverly Hills Cop. I was gonna suggest Beverly Hills Cop. Let's do Beverly you Hills want Cop. Do something more contemporary. Okay. Do you, let's let's be cops. I've never seen it before. Never seen it. No. All right, so it's definitely it's definitely a a 2010s comedy. Okay. I so is it is on streaming? Where can I watch this at? I, I'd have to guess where you can watch it. I'm trying to think, but it's it's a lot of the guys from, from uh, New Girl. Okay, let's. Who's in it? Um, it is Damon Wayans Jr. Okay, and of Spider Man, uh, into Spider Verse fame, uh, Jake Johnson. Okay, uh, basically these two guys, um, are going to a Halloween party and they're dressed as cops. Okay, and they get mistaken for cops and okay. they have fun getting the perks that cops get <laughs> until shit gets real. Okay. Let's be cops. Okay, that will be on our next episode. Are we, so are we going to put this out every two weeks? Yeah, if you feel like that, we have to explain. I mean, I can do every week, or if you want to do every two weeks. Let's do every two weeks for right now. That's a time commitment. Let's do every two weeks right now, because this, this job kind of sucks. <laughs> so I can come to you. I can pack all this up and come to you. We'll see. Let's, let's give it two weeks. Let's see how this goes first. But this is definitely going to be on the Limitless Broadcasting Network. And we have our streaming service coming out. How do you feel about the first episode? I think I think we did great. I feel pretty good. About I, it too. So, well, guys, um, may uh, may all your cops be suicidal, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and may you never be too old for this spit. 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And definitely uh, check out our merch store. You can go to Etsy at 1950studios and check out all of our shirts and whatnot. I got to plug that, you know. And then, um, yeah, we have movies coming out. We're, we're all over the place. So... I guess we'll see you guys uh, when we see you. I, this is very exciting. I'm glad that you were like hitting me up about this because I've been excited about recording. So there'll be something different to talk about. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for tuning in to the Partner Complex. This has been a production of the Limitless Broadcasting Network. Hosts of the show are Robert Brooksby and Marvin Ellis. The Partner Complex is edited by Samantha Brooksby. And to find out more information about the Partner Complex, please check out their Instagram at the Partner Complex. This has been a production of Limitless Broadcasting Network.